Well, hello, friends. First thing I need to do is apologize because I have been absent. I got a new job. I sell commercial real estate, and that has consumed a lot of my time. And so I haven't posted a podcast since the NBA season started, which is really disappointing because, like usual, all my picks were correct. I guess you could listen to the one I posted maybe three months ago during the summer where I said that the Nuggets and the Raptors were my two sleeper teams, but I didn't really post one at the beginning of the season, and there were plenty of bad picks that I had. I said that the Lakers probably wouldn't make the playoffs because they would start out so badly that they wouldn't be able to recover in a great Western Conference. My feeling was just after that first Lakers game, I didn't see how the team was going to mesh. I see LeBron James running the break. On his right, he's got Lance Stevenson. On his left, he's got JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee pulls up for like a a 10-foot jumper. And I said to myself, these Lakers just don't fit. But man, was I wrong. Because they do look good. LeBron will turn any team around. And if the Lakers finish with like the two or the three seed, I mean, good God. He really is incredible because... I believe right now they're 17 and 10, so that already is shocking to me. So let me get into some topics. Another reason I haven't posted is because I haven't been able to find a good co-host. If y'all want to co-host with me, hit me up. My boy Elf, who usually co-hosts with me, has been very busy lately. And my boy Drew is more of a college basketball NFL fan, so not a huge NBA expert. So I've been waiting also for a co-host to hit me up, but it just hasn't happened, so... I guess we can run through some things. I mean, the Toronto Raptors sit at the top of the East, 22-7. and seven. Kawhi Leonard is, I don't think he's the MVP, but I, I really thought what the Raptors would set themselves apart was their depth and their defense. Kawhi Leonard is the best defender in the NBA. Serge Ibaka, great defender. Kyle Lowry, bulldog. Then they have those guys who come off the bench like OG Unu. Oh, I butchered that name. OG Ananobi. Good defender. Jonas Valanciunas, decent defender. Big guy. DeLon Wright, really like him as a young player. So Toronto is just, they're deep, man. The Bucks are pretty surprising to me. I mean, everybody knew that the Greek freak was about to come up, but the rest of the team looks good, man. Chris Middleton probably is the most underrated player in the league. Eric Bledsoe's finally showing the promise that everybody thought he would have. So, you know, Bucks look good. 76ers, I'm not, so, I'm not sold on this Jimmy Butler on this team because they all do the same thing. Jimmy Butler, great defender, but does the same thing really as Ben Simmons. He kind of just sets up the table for everybody else. So Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons, I didn't really think we're going to mesh that well. And I think that's kind of what's been happening. I mean, the reason that I always thought it would be kind of weird if LeBron ended up playing on the Sixers was because... Ben Simmons is supposed to be maturing, and like, you know, Jimmy Butler is kind of a similar player, so don't really like that. I think that the team that actually intrigues me the most in the Eastern Conference is the Charlotte Hornets. I love their young players. Malik Monk, I really like him. He's probably the guy who I thought from the rookie class who underperformed the most last year, and he's had some flashes. And then... The rookie that they got, Miles Bridges, out of Michigan State. I mean, this guy has got some flashes that are incredible. This guy's athleticism is incredible. So, um, you know, I really like the Charlotte Hornets. That might be a team that people aren't thinking of. 
The Miami Heat, my team, I don't even want to talk about them. It makes me so upset. I think at this time last year, me and Elf came on the podcast and said we would share, we, we would trade Hassan Whiteside for a ham sandwich. And that's pretty accurate still. He's like got the worst attitude in the NBA. So our max dollars go to Hassan Whiteside, who is not even a good player, who probably wouldn't even start on half the teams in the league, has a terrible attitude, can't play offense. And it also goes to Dion Waiters, who apparently doesn't play basketball anymore. So that's good. The Washington Wizards are laughable. I said that before the season that I didn't understand what they were doing because their team chemistry was already so bad. Why are you going to add a guy like Dwight Howard? We're not going to get into the tranny debate because whatever that man wants to do in his sexual life is up to him. But I do think it's hilarious that he is missing the season with a buttocks injury. Now... The Western Conference, Oklahoma City is the number one seed right now? Good for them, man, because that's one that I wasn't so sure about. But I do think that their running gun pace is working out well. And they also, what do you know, they play defense. Paul George, great defender. Russell Westbrook, great defender. So it kind of just fits the same mold that you got to play defense in this league. You got to be athletic. So OKC at number one is... You know, I I like watching them play. They're definitely an exciting team. And then you got Golden State at number two, and they're not even playing yet. They're literally treating this like it's the preseason still. Nobody knows how good they're going to be, but I got a feeling it's going to be pretty unfair once they come back because everybody else is certainly above average. But, I mean, once Draymond Green and DeMarcus Cousins get back, it's going to be stupid, to be honest. So, Denver, I've always been high on. If you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, the Denver Nuggets have always been the team that I'm always talking about. I think I picked Mike Malone last year for my coach of the year because I'm just always so intrigued by their young talent. Jamal Murray is somebody who I really like, and I always love Nikola Jokic. I mean, he's a a shoo-in for the All-Star this year. Finally, people are paying him respect, but I always felt like Nikola Jokic was the modern-day Marcus Sowell. The passing, the dribbling, seven feet. And the reason I thought the Lakers weren't going to be good is because if you think about it, at the beginning of the season, you are really like, who's going to match up with Nikola Jokic? It's probably going to have to be LeBron because they were talking about LeBron playing the five, but the Lakers brought in Tyson Chandler. JaVale McGee is playing extremely well. So that's why the Lakers are actually a decent team now because going into the season, we all thought LeBron was going to play the five, but it just so turns out that JaVale McGee has, has some play in him. You know, he's really showing up and I respect that. Um, really surprised by the LA Clippers. I think that team just plays with grit. Like the Avery Bradleys, the Montrez Harrells, this rookie, Mike, oh, what's his name? Ah, uh, I don't know. The guy out of Kentucky is just, Shay, Shay Alexander plays tough, man. I really respect the way the Clippers are playing. And I think Doc Rivers has a pretty good shot to get that coach of the year because they don't have any, I don't know if they're going to have an all-star, but they could finish with a top three seed. I mean, it's possible they're they're seventeen and ten right now. I think they're number four in the in the in the conference. But the LA Clippers, I think, are the team that has surprised me the most. They just play good team basketball, and their bench. It's like everybody on that team is is about equal in talent, but they're all good players. So what comes with that team is once that second unit comes in, like Lou Williams comes in. I mean, that guy can put up some points, and so I think it's a really intriguing team. I don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs, but really like the L.A. Clippers. And then, of course, let's all laugh at the Houston Rockets because Carmelo Anthony, I have said it time and time again, is the most overrated player 
in basketball. And he's not even in basketball anymore. I think Carmelo Anthony has literally played his last game because what Carmelo Anthony does is he stops the ball. He's a ball stopper. And that doesn't work in the NBA anymore. No one gives a shit about Carmelo Anthony's mid-range, let's dribble the ball eight times and post somebody up and take a fade away. It's like, this guy is not a good teammate. I don't mean that in the sense that people don't like him in the locker room, because I'm sure they do. I'm just always been saying for years, this dude is not on a championship team. He will never be a contributor, ever. Phil Jackson was right two or three years ago trying to force him off that team. Um, who else we got that I can talk about? The Sacramento Kings are a nice surprise. I think De'Aaron Fox has a chance at most improved player. I mean, he is fast. De'Aaron Fox is better than Lonzo Ball. Magic Johnson should have stuck with his gut and picked De'Aaron Fox last year because I know that he liked them and he just picked Lonzo probably because of the whole LA thing. But, you know, Lonzo plays well. I, I do respect Lonzo Ball's game um, because he really just plays as a good teammate. He's always passing. He, he plays good defense. So I think Lonzo's a solid player. I don't know that he's going to turn into the all-star that I thought he was going to be, but he's not bad. You know who might be the rookie of the year? Well, I think that we all know it could be Luka Doncic, but the guy who doesn't get the talk that he should, Jaron Jackson. The Memphis Grizzlies are 15-11 and 11 right now. Jaron Jackson... If he was playing in a big market, they'd be talking about him on every show. But because he plays in Memphis, nobody's talking about him. Jaron Jackson is a big reason that the Memphis Grizzlies are four games over 500 right now. That dude can play. Um, biggest disappointment, the Spurs are pretty disappointing. They're towards the bottom of the conference. The Rockets, obviously, we don't even need to touch on because I knew they were going to blow it. That's as far as that team was ever going to get last year. Chris Paul, this is now a Chris Paul team. Everybody talks about how much they don't like playing. Eric Gordon was just talking about how it's not fun anymore. And that's how Chris Paul teams are. I mean, he's a great competitor, but that shit gets old, man. Trust me, I've played on a lot of basketball teams. And for a little bit, it works where if you have a guy who's like so intense that it does bring up the level. But after a while, you just get sick of it. You're just like, dude, I'm doing what I can. Get out of my fucking face. That's what Chris Paul is. Um, Utah Jazz are disappointing. 13 and 15. I wouldn't say Donovan Mitchell's taking a step back, but people have tape on him. You know, they can they can see what's what's going on with this guy, and he's definitely not exploding like he did last year. And I thought that they had a better team. I thought the Jazz were really a good unit, and they're disappointing me. So, who else? I mean, I don't want to talk about every team. That's kind of what's standing out. The Phoenix Suns at four and twenty-four are eight games below the Rockets, who are the fourteen seed, and Phoenix is the fifteen seed. So, with the number one pick. In the 2019 NBA draft, I think the Phoenix Suns are a pathetic organization. How are y'all 4-24? and 24? It's pathetic. Someone needs to come in. Adam Silver needs to take that team away from whoever's running it because it's just way too many years in a row where they're just pathetic and they have no direction. They have no idea what they're doing, okay? Devin Booker is a nice player, but that's not a building block to a team. You're not going to build a championship contender around Devin Booker. I'm sorry, but if you put Devin Booker on the Boston Celtics, he'd be like the fifth or sixth best player. Like, let's, let's be real here. So the fact they think they're about to build a contender around Devin Booker is just foolish. And yeah, I mean, I'll try to keep this under 15 minutes. I got three minutes left. What else has stuck out to me? I mean, the rookie race, Luka Doncic, man, that kid can play. He's really impressing me. He's really impressing everybody. I don't think that's news for y'all to hear on this podcast. 
I'm trying to come out with hot takes, and Luka Doncic being Rookie of the Year is not one because that seems pretty likely. The dude has that step-back move, and I think that he has like just as many clutch baskets as anybody right now. There's a stat, I think he was like number six or seven in the league in terms of clutch baskets. A rookie, a 19-year-old rookie, has just as many clutch baskets as like LeBron and Paul George and whatever else the case might be. So that's pretty impressive. Um, That's about it. I mean, I guess I can spend the next two minutes talking about how much the Miami Heat are pissing me off. Although it's wonderful to see D-Wade's goodbye tour. It's It's just like, what are you thinking, Pat Riley? Like, what are we doing? What the are we doing? We're building a team around Josh Richardson? Yeah, he's a great player, but like, good God. We're just a bunch of mediocre players giving a max dollar to a guy who has a bad attitude. Please trade Hassan Whiteside. Us Miami Heat fans don't even enjoy watching the games anymore. I can't root for this guy. I can't root for Whiteside. It's just fucking annoying. So that's enough of my rant. I'm sorry I haven't checked in with y'all. It's been a hectic couple months for me starting up a new job, but um, I'll try to keep y'all posted with some more updates. But for now, I think that's going to have to do.